Hi everyone, welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Um, got a great guest for you today, a guy who's a friend of mine, he's back on the show, um, Jim Woods. And uh, we're going to get to him in a minute. The first, before we get into my conversation with Jim, um, I want to just tell you about a little thing that's happening with our podcast. Um, the podcast has been going on for for nearly, well, it's four and a half, nearly five years, which is quite stunning. <laughs> I can't, I can't, it's kind of mind-blowing that it's been going on that long. But we talk about, uh, we've talked about all sorts of things on this on this show. We talked about creativity, we talked about mental health, talked about um, overcoming grief and trauma, the spiritual journey, deconstruction, all those kinds of things we cover on this show and will be covering on this show in the next few weeks and months. Um, but I thought it was time we started a community for people who listen to the show. I know there's a fair number of people who listen to the show, and I interact with some of you on social media, and that's really great. I just felt it might be a really cool thing to have a community online where we could all hang out and talk about the issues that come up on the show and how they're affecting you, and have some community and have some support for each other. Um, and all kind of grow together and explore these things together. And so um, I've created a new Facebook group um, for the podcast. Um, and as with all Facebook groups, it's completely free. Um, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash groups slash permapodcast and you can go and join this group and this community. And yeah. Um, hopefully I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there I'm looking forward to interacting with you I'll probably be doing some live videos there as well for people in the group and maybe there'll be some exclusive material maybe that's an idea that I've got so um, but yeah it's just a place for people to hang out and talk about what we talk about on this podcast and explore it in more depth and have community and solidarity together so I really would encourage you to go and uh, join that group. If you're looking for it in a search, it's Poma Podcast Continuing the Conversation. <laughs> I thought that would be a really cool t- title for it. So, yeah, go to that that group and uh, join up, and I will see you there. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. And I'll be talking about this a bit more and promoting it a bit more in the next few weeks as well. So, yeah, that's the new group. That's really exciting. Um, but now, back to my guest, and it's a returning guest, as I said, Jim Woods. Um, he's an author and he's a writing coach and a good friend of mine. And we've got a lot of things to talk about. So welcome back to the show, Jim. Thank you so much for having me, James. I love it. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's great to have you back. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I always feel like we're just catching up whenever you come on the show. It's like, just like, oh, how are you? You know, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like a regular conversation. Um, but um so what, what what are you up to at the moment? What kind of work are you doing at the moment? Right now, James, like this moment, I am really, really focused on finishing my novel. I know I've been saying this for a while, but I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, I really just want to finish it. Um, at the time we're recording this, it's almost the end of the year. And I'm like, look, this is my goal. That's what I want to focus on. Um, I do have a podcast, which ironically goes hand in hand with this finish your book podcast and uh, mm. <laughs> i'm just focused on finishing james it's like i have to get those 
you know, have to finish the book to get it out and share it with the world. So that's where my focus is right now. But, you know, honestly, uh, just being better at listening is another one. I'm, I'm really focused on that. Storytelling and story listening are, are really important to me right now, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I love about your work. It's you're such a you're such a good storyteller, and you always have been. Uh, even the work that you did, it's nonfiction. There's so much of story in that, and the principles of story, and you can see that shining through. Um, I'm excited to read your book. Um, so, so today, I think, or well, this this year, we're talking about a lot. Of, we're going to talk a lot about grief and trauma and and these kind of um, issues on the show. And we've got a series coming up on grief. So I thought it might be really cool to explore today the role of creativity and, and writing in how we deal with our pain and our trauma and, and our grief and how we express that and come to terms with it. So um, what are your kind of... Well, what are your experiences of, of, of this? And, like, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. You know historically when I look back at my life like overall I just turned 40 this year which you know in the eyes of some is ancient and in the eyes of some it's I'm, I'm not that old so I I've been using creativity heavily for like the last 10 years of my life like from 30 you know till the present and before that I really bottled it up a lot I would bottle up my emotions because let's be honest, what we're really talking about is how we really feel, our true emotions, that guilt, you know, all the, our past, the pain, all those things. I really buried a lot of it in, inside my, inside my heart and just ignored it. I, uh, once I started writing I was able to let a lot of it out and start to realize, okay, you're like this iceberg and you're only showing the tip of it, you know, uh, mm. on the top of the, the top, you know, the top of the iceberg is, is visible over the water, but there was so much more underneath. And I think a lot of it was kind of that Clint Eastwood, strong, silent, you know, archetype where men aren't supposed to show their pain. They're not supposed to, you know, be emotional. You're, you know, if you were ever to say poetry and, you know, have that in the conversation of being a man, it was, you know, it just, it was like they were opposites. It was like, no, no, you're either super emotional or you're, or you're a man. And I, I just, I think it was also just culturally, you know, the movies we watch, the stories we read, I think a lot of that, we don't, especially when you're younger and when you're impressionable, mm. You don't, you don't know the real story. You're, you're only seeing, you know, a fraction of the story. And obviously you're looking at, you know, those around you, the relationships around you. But how many of us are really honest? How many of us are really open? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And certainly, like, for me, I've found that writing and creating things, even recording podcasts... Is just really therapeutic, um, and allows me to express things that I wasn't able to express anywhere else. Yeah. And um, what I've found is when you write, you connect with parts of yourself that are 
in the subconscious that you're not aware of, things that you didn't know existed, um, feelings, emotions, ideas even, that you just were just in there all along and you didn't know. Um, and it's a really good way of healing and expressing those things and getting them out. Um, and I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast about how writing, there's evidence that writing your emotions out regularly not only impacts your mental and mental, mental and emotional health in a positive way, but actually affects your physical health as well in a positive way. That actually, like your liver and your guts and all that, they all get better if you're if you're journaling regularly. <laughs> you know, so yeah. there's a, there's a lot of evidence that just telling your story like improves your health. <laughs> Sometimes, James, and this this is me speaking personally. I, I can't speak for everyone, but. If you have been depressed or you have mental health struggles, if that's the norm, if you're used to it, like it's like specifically me, if that's the norm, you don't know anything different. I don't. I don't think I knew what it meant meant to feel healthy, like mentally. I don't think I knew because it was all the norm normal state. It was the status quo for me. So. You know, having the nine to five where I just kind of showed up and didn't really create anything and just kind of focused and honed in on the weekend, that was all I knew. And I think we come up with coping mechanisms of sorts where it's like, okay, I'm going to numb myself by, you know, there are many, so many food or gossip or TV or sex or, or alcohol or drugs or whatever. I think you can numb yourself to it and just be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm. And I think that becomes a default. You know, how are you? I'm busy or I'm fine. Those, those are like the two common answers, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I'm thinking. For me, it was like I didn't know any better until it reached a point where my physical health was deteriorating. And my wife, she really thought I was suicidal. I I, I know I was seriously depressed. I know I was a shell of a man and not even close to the person I am today. I I don't think I was suicidal. I think I I just really, really wanted help and I wanted relief. And I wanted an outlet to get rid of all the, the pain. And there was guilt, absolutely. There was so much emotions and things. I, I think, too, it's... It's almost like if you really want to write your story today, you kind of have to look backwards. I think that's part of the that's part of the mix, and that can often be the painful part. You know, going back and saying, "Whoa, there's a lot here," and I didn't. I just swept it under the rug, so to speak. Yeah, and that's an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing to do, and I, I can do that as well. Like you just, and like you say, especially as a man, there's like this. <laughs> It's like this cultural thing. I don't know what it is. It's like this, this kind of unspoken thing where you just don't talk about these things. Like, yeah. And it's not even spoken. It's never. You're never told this thing implicitly. It's just, it's just kind of understood. You know, as a yeah. man, and it's it's a really. I mean, to be honest, I've never been that kind of person. I've always been. Quite open and expressive of my emotions, uh-huh. um, relatively speaking. Um, but 
but even then there's still that kind of there's still a boundary where you feel like oh i shouldn't do that because i'm a man you know or i can't oh. talk to other men about this right like you know and because uh well we don't talk about this you know so you know so it's and that's where like writing and storytelling and um creativity really is important because yeah. if you can't if you don't feel you have any anywhere anybody else then you need to get it out somewhere um absolutely absolutely and i have to i have to admit james even this time of year the holiday season I kind of go around this time of the year with a heavier heart. Like, I'm just more aware of it. As, you know, as we continue living here on Earth, we're losing loved ones and friends each year. And if you're, you know, you and I are both very similar personality types, but it's hard to reconcile the fact in my mind. Like, it's not going to be the same as it used to be. Mm. So I love I love to like in my, in my mind I I'm reliving some of the stories in my head which I admit it they're very you know rose colored glasses they're very like oh well you're just picking a few positive moments here of you know of Christmas with your grandma and grandpa and all of your family but it's it's always in the back of my mind and I notice it more and I'm now that I'm now that I've grown a bit as a as an artist honestly I think it's made me more aware of it. Everyone is feeling it more and more, this tension. If you've lost a close loved one, you know, that guilt, that grief is right there and it's fresh. It's like an open wound. And then if you see everyone else around you and they are having the time of their life, which, you know, the social media feed might tell you that, right? We know that's not the whole story, but it's kind of a weird dynamic because like I'm so sad. I'm so lonely. I have something missing and hurting and everyone else around me is so happy. So it feels like there's this like big Canyon between you and everyone else. At least that's how I feel. I mean, I'm again, you know, we, we mentioned Enneagram uh, before we started recording. I'm Enneagram four kids. Anyone <laughs> figure that one out already, but that's like, so typical for Enneagram 4 to think that way. But I think that's also like it could lead to the, you know, depression and all the many other issues that, you know, that disconnection, the feelings of yeah. disconnection. I think are really the, the Yeah. Four. And I'm a 4 as well, so I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. It and I feel the same this time of year. Um honestly like Single, I'm single. Well, I am not married. Don't have partner or kids or family. You know, um, I'm close with I'm close with my sister and her family and my dad and stuff. But I don't have my own. I don't come home to somebody. You know, and of course in this season there's a lot of you know cultural kind of messages around that you that it's nice to have somebody. It's nice to have someone to come home to. It's nice to have people around you who you can celebrate with you know it's because we're recording in december so it's it's coming up to christmas um and yeah it's easy to feel lonely when that happens and you know and especially when you see people around you who have things that that you want you know they have a partner they have a family they 
you know, and then and that can easily go into oh, they've got a book contract, they've got a, they've got they've got they've got a following, they've got a it's like, and I haven't got any of these yeah. things, so my life is rubbish, you know, like. You know what that is, James? You know what all that is? Go on. It comes naturally to you and I, but to the outside looking in, what that really is is envy. Yeah, yeah. Which is that core sin for an Enneagram Four? We're going to struggle with that more, but. I think envy is a, it's very widespread no matter yeah, what. Yeah, oh, absolutely it is, yeah. And I have to mention, too, even with the loneliness angle, you can still be lonely even in a relationship. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. You can still be can. lonely even if you have great kids and you love them and they love you. And, you know, even, even if you have an amazing family. I think a lot of this, we, we're looking for the fixes. Yeah. But there aren't really any quick fixes. It's more of a, you know, showing up intentionally is is the number one fix. And I, I wrote a post quite a while ago, but I, I, I this, this conversation reminds me of it. What if we view loneliness as a gift? And I know that sounds weird, and I know that sounds really awkward, but let's just try this on for a second. Anytime we're feeling that disconnect, we can flip it on its head. We can say, oh, my gosh, I feel really, really alone. I feel, you know, like no one cares about me or I just feel so disconnected or no one understands me. You can always, I, how many other millions, if not billions of people feel the exact same way, right? Yeah. You can go connect with somebody. And I, I, I'll be honest, James, this is funny because I literally even did this today, today. Right. I volunteer at my son's school to help the, help the um, teacher with the reading group, so hmm. I don't feel lonely. So I'm, I'm play, I played a word game with some first graders today. Wow! And I feel so much better because I'm engaged. I'm in community. I'm you know helping someone. That's as close to a you know quote unquote quick fix as we can get. You know finding a community. You know, holding the door for someone, you would think this is not a big deal. But at the coffee shop I often write from, I, I'll see this elderly couple coming and they have a walker. And I'll get up from my chair and go and open the door. That makes their day, James. And guess what? It makes my day, too, because it's like, hey, I see you. I'm paying yeah. attention. You matter. You know, those little tiny things, they mean the world in, in the big picture versus this. You know, I think it's so easy to have a pity party, at least for me. Oh, yeah. You know, especially you mentioned so that online stuff, and I'm like, I'm kind of letting it go in one ear and out the other, or I'm going to completely latch onto it all, too, and be like, yeah, James is right. I, I agree. What about that book contract and all that? <laughs> I kind of just have to let it go and yeah. you know, flow right through and just not even You're right. yeah. pay attention to that and say, okay, you know what? Um Maybe, maybe I should, you know, focusing on the things I can do, which might sound really minor. They might sound so silly, James, but I think it's okay to do something that it matters a lot to you. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I always love to call everyone I meet by their, by their name if they have a name tag. And I've kind of gotten into that habit. And it's, you know, it's really little, but it means a big difference. It makes a big difference with that person because if you've ever worked in retail, you know people just treat you kind of not so good. You know, they'll 
they'll scream at you and, you know, throw money at you or whatever. There's, there's lots of craziness with retail. Those little tiny things. Yeah. And maybe it's even, you know, putting dinner in the oven, you know, or something, whatever. You know, buying a Hot Wheel, one of those little cars for my son, doesn't only cost a dollar, but that makes a big difference to him. And, you know, it makes me feel really good, too. Even if it's just, like, to me, that's one of the best $1 investments ever. It'd be like, here, I, I was thinking about you. I thought we could play with this later. You know, those little things. Yeah, 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 yeah. To handle right. a lot of this. Otherwise, and I mean, I'm obviously writing is helpful. Creating is great. Practical day-to-day advice, I think some of these things can help, too, because there are some days the words just don't come. You're not happy with anything you're making. Um, yeah. You just don't feel creative. I mean, if you're an emotional person or if you're struggling and feeling lonely, it's, it's, it, might be, it might seem a lot more difficult. It might be more like uh, you know, doing something really simple. Um, just connecting in one simple way, just one little way to connect with someone. Even if it's like, you know, saying hi to the mailman and chatting with them for 20 seconds, that could make a big difference versus, you know, staring at a blank screen or blank page, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes such a difference. It does. Those little things do make a difference. They really do. If you think about it, if someone did that to you, if someone treated oh. you that way, if someone opened the door for you, if someone said he called you by your first name, all yeah. those things they make such a difference, and they really do, and because they connect us, and they yeah. make and they I make us that, human. I think that's exactly, I think it's that connection. Yeah, and that's 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 what plugs us into the bigger story of our lives. That connection. Yeah. You know, it, otherwise we view ourselves as kind of like I'm off on my own little island or I'm in my own little technology yeah. bubble. <laughs> <sort of. laughs> yeah. And it, we, you know, it, it feels like validation in some ways. And I think that's what we're seeking some form of validation, um, authentic, some form of authentic connection. Not, not, I'm not talking like a check mark of approval as much. I'm talking like, you know, I see you, you see me, you matter, is what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree with you. I mean, it's so easy, and especially as Enneagram 4s, to, like, Enneagram 4s are, must ha- are, like, really good pity party hosts. They, we really are, like, you know, Enneagram 4s host the best pity parties in the world, probably. You know, like, and it's really, really tempting to start organising those parties when actually we should just be, we, the best thing for us to do is to go out, like you say, and connect with people and look, get out of our heads. And, like, I mean, yeah. like, that's it. Going, going for a walk, when I'm having a really bad day, one of the things that always works is just going for a walk, literally. Yeah. Like, just from a kind of biological kind of sense, like, your brain is, you're using a different part of your brain. And so you're not, all that stuff you've been thinking about just disappears. Like, and you're outside, you're in the world. You're active, you're moving. And that makes a huge difference. And it means that you stop hosting pity parties and start actually engaging with other people. And... 
having real parties instead. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And and being aware, being self-aware enough to know when you're feeling down, when you're feeling envious, when you're feeling resentful, you know, that's so important. And it's going to take a lot of time to really catch on. Like, the more time I spend online on Facebook, the more time I spend staring at screens, the worse I feel about myself, typically. And it's really hard when you're a full-time writer and you're doing a lot of different things online. I have to unplug. I have to shut the screen. And I have to, you know, go and talk to my friends that work at the coffee shop. I have to, you know, talk to other people. I have to step away from that. Or it's easy to think that that is all real life with, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all those things and building websites or client work or whatever. I'm never, ever going to find real satisfaction through Facebook or client work. You know, you're not, you can't expect it to give you something that it can't. Yes, you can build a business. Yes, that's great. Yes, you can pay the bills. But I don't think that's going to be the, you know what I mean, especially when you're talking short-term things. I don't think that's going to be the long-term healthy approach to, you know, telling a good story and living a good story. It's it's easy to kind of make mountains out of molehills for me personally. You know, ooh, this post got a bunch of likes or ooh, I sold this one item or someone bought one book. <laughs> yes, those things add up, absolutely. But I can't ride the roller coaster on a day-to-day basis with my emotions and say, okay, well, I'm good today because I did this one thing that I may or may not have even had much control over. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. And you know? Yeah, it's so difficult to surrender control. Mm. Like when you don't, you want to because we want to control everything we want to control the outcome of everything and especially as creative people as writers you can't control the outcome like I can't control who listens to this podcast (laughs) I can't control who buys my books I yeah I can't yeah I can't control that like, I can't control who's 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 going to join this this great new Facebook community that I'm starting. Like I I want I want everyone who listens to the podcast to go and join that community because I feel like it'll be a really great thing and I and if you're listening I'd love you to be part of that because I think it'll be really great for support and accountability and discussions and things. But I can't make anyone do that. That's out of my control. All I can do is tell people about it and encourage people to do it. And then it's not it's not in my control anymore. So, um, and that's that's a really difficult thing for correct people because we're so because there's something in us that's kind of desperate for the positive outcome, and you know that's why it's really important when we create things to not create them because of the outcome, not to think about the outcome when we're creating it. You know, not to have a have a required outcome when we're creating something just to say i'm going to create this because i feel it is like this is what's in me to create this is what i love to do yeah and i'm going to share it with the world in the best way that i possibly can yeah. i'm going to promote it to people i'm going to tell people about it and then but then the outcome is is, is not in our hands and Mm-mm. yeah 
uh, and I fall into this trap so often of of like of put, like putting an outcome on on something and then being disappointed when that outcome didn't happen and it's right. and we and that that's really that can be really damaging for our emotional health as creative people so we have to just surrender the outcome and this isn't just to do with writing really it's to do with life yeah like we can't control the outcome of everything you like you things bad things happen you know <laughs> once you once you voted in an election you can't decide the outcome like that's it you've done all you can do and that's really that's a really that's a really tough thing especially right now um is, you know what james i will say this and i'm telling myself this too i'm not just telling i have to i have to say these things out loud to process them too the more you create the more you can start to relinquish that control you know once you've written that first book you're like okay i got that i can write another and another and another and i feel like there's this mental barrier of okay i can do this you know okay i can write a blog post i can make a podcast i can you know paint a painting or write a song once you i feel like the more you do it and even if it's not great even if it's not perfect even if it's not as good as you wanted it to be you're going to get some quality with that quantity and that's that's part of my that's been part of my approach, James. Why, like, even with my podcast, I I was like, I'm gonna do this every day, and for a while I did. And I don't even know how I did it on the weekends, James. <laughs> Thankfully, they're short and sweet. But now I, I do them mostly, you know, every single day during the work week. Um, and I think there's something that comes from that. And I think it's almost that Seth Godin approach of, hey, show up create publish it's never going to be your best work when you don't have the time to edit or you know polish it's never going to be and i think that it's more of like it's a it's an exercise it's like showing up it's almost like going to the gym in a sense and uh i think that does help bring better art i think that does help because it also you're gonna get you're gonna get into shape you know if you keep showing up I think that's the one part that I'm not saying it's easy. No, I, <laughs> I mean sometimes it will be, but not overall. It's hard. But every now and then you're gonna be like, okay, okay, this one, this one stands out. You know, like you, like you've been doing with your your greatest hits of this podcast. You're like, look, these ones stand out a little more here. I'm gonna focus on these and share these. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wanted to do that because I wanted to just remind people of some of the some of the work that I've been doing. I mean, I had I had, a, I had a friend, the reason I started doing it was because a friend of mine told me, look, I didn't know you'd been podcasting for four years. I didn't know you had all these, I didn't know you had all these, um, these episodes archived and all these old episodes that with all these great, great interviews that you'd done, like share them, promote them, get them out there again. Like, and I thought, yeah, you know what? It's been like, for some of them, it's been like three or four years since Maybe. I, since I did these interviews and some people may not, even though they exist and so like i just thought okay i just put them out there again i mean they've always been there they've always been there but just to remind people that they exist (laughs) you know and i thought i thought okay like this is a good thing i can get people more aware of of what i've been doing and um great and i think that's i think as artists we all need to do that more um even if we're not an artist 
share the things you've done. You know, I, I feel like we're, we never celebrate any accomplishments, at least I, rarely, you don't see it very often, where it's like that critics mass. I'm sure you've heard of this, James, where it's like, mm. you know, you have 200 people say a positive thing and two people say a negative thing. Yeah. What do you remember most? You know, it's always the negative, always. And uh, I think that we kind of have that mentality where we're afraid to celebrate our wins. We're afraid to look arrogant. I don't think, I don't think that uh, just personality-wise, any, you know, you especially, James, or anyone who's even listening to the show, I don't see it being a podcast that an arrogant person would ever listen to, frankly. It's, 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 it doesn't... It doesn't line up, you know. It's not about making billions of dollars, and you know, it's it, this show is more about being your authentic self, and it's not about massively crazy, clickbaity achievements. You know, it's mm. nothing like that. It's kind of the opposite, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just keep showing up. Keep showing up. That's it. You know, keep putting stuff out there into the world and just, yeah, we build all these things up, don't we, when we're creative people, that has to be this big launch and this big event and, like, it all has to mean something and it has to be part of some bigger strategy and it's like, and it's like, and I, like one of my friends who's been on the podcast um, before, KJ Ramsey, um, and she's, she'll be back on the podcast sometime soon she did this great little tweet thread recently like where she just did video herself in her car doing this silly dance to this music and she tweeted it with this hashtag like she's not a brand like i'm not a brand like i've got a she's got a book great uh, she's written a great book uh, she's got a book coming out with zondervan like this is all doing really great stuff like and she's like no i'm not a brand like i'm just a human being i'm not perfect i don't have it all together I'm, I, I, I do silly things, I'm a human being, and I thought, oh, yes, this is what I want to do, like, and it kind of, I felt sanctioned after that, okay, I can do, so. I can talk about Superman and comic book stuff on Twitter, I can talk about Doctor Who on Twitter, I can talk about fun stuff and have a few laughs and a few gifts and all that, because I'm a human being, you know, like, and I don't want people to see me as a brand. I want people to see me as a, as a human being that they can connect with and talk to and engage with and listen to as a human being. Like, who's like, okay, I, ha- I have interests. I have, I like to have a laugh. I like to mess around sometimes. I am not perfect. I make mistakes. Um, and that is all okay. It's, it's like, I, you know, I actually don't think people, I think people are kind of, losing interest in all these kind of brand people. Like, I mean, I see so many of these, like, blue tech accounts with millions of followers who are best-selling authors, and you can tell that they're just... Their Twitter accounts are being operated by by other people. And it's yeah. and you can tell. It's so easy to tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I tried to have a conversation with a very well-known author and speaker... Uh-huh. Someone who's never been on this show um, um, probably wouldn't lower themselves to come on this show. <laughs> um, but and there's somebody actually I quite I quite respect, but um, and I won't say his name. But 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 I tweeted him about something, and I got this automated response. Yeah. 
Oh. And it was clearly an automated response to just the way it was written. And I and I tweeted and I replied to that and then they got the same tweet in response. Oh, and I was like, oh no, why are you doing this? Like engage with people as a human being because I think like when we do that, that I just feel like I mean this is this is my foresight coming out like being everything has to be authentic everything has to be have done with integrity you know like that's it like um (laughs) but i just feel like that's what we need at the moment like people just want to be free to be human you know we're we're just human beings like this is a this seems to be a common theme coming up on a lot of my work now we're just human beings and when you know we're not brand we're just human beings i mean it's okay to be human yeah well I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that this can even go back to what we were kind of hitting on a little bit in the beginning of the show here with these bigger, heavier topics. It's always part of the mix as human beings, as, you know, we're complicated. <laughs> we all are. I mean, yes, we have our own habits and routines, but we're also complicated because we're also emotional beings. And with big things like grief, where I, I really, I, I felt like this is the best analogy, at least for me personally, it's like an open wound and everything that comes near this open wound just inflames it again and you start to feel it. And when we start connecting with others, when we know we're not alone, you know, whether it's family, friends, strangers, neighbors, whoever, when we start connecting, people online, you know, friends, when we start connecting and we're like, oh, we're both, we're both on the same page here. We're both feeling that, that empathy. You know, we, I, I feel how you feel. We're on the same page. I think that's part of that healing process. I think it's, it's like it's recognizing it. Like, okay, I'm not the unicorn here. Rather, they're, we're all a unicorn. <laughs> you know, we're all in the same boat together. It's not like, okay, well, I'm, I'm this unique specimen over here. And, you know, it, healing and the whole entire process, mental health, being more creative, I think it's all just very intertwined because everything can change in a moment. That's why we really have to focus on you know, connecting, doing our best, treating others well. Mm. I tweeted this, James, and I, I have to mention it because this is so up your alley. I don't think you saw it because you're not on Twitter as much now, but that's that's a good thing, right? Um, <laughs> I, I also, I'm, I'm a fan of people who treat other people like people. And that's that's the guy I want to be. Yeah. You know, I want to be a person that treats other people like people versus you know, an automated response. And I, I, we shouldn't pick on this one person too much because we all make mistakes. I mean, for every example like that, I'm sure people could find an example like that with you and me, James, because we're all human. We all make mistakes and do things we wish we could change. But, you know, striving to get better, to keep doing our best. And, you know, just from hearing our conversation, we want to be successful, but we have to define that success on our own terms. Being successful for you 
is going to be your, it has to be in alignment with your values. And the same for me, it has to be like in alignment with those values. It's not a, it's not something that's super easy to define, but the closer you get to defining it and like attaching a goal to it, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Let yeah. me ask you, James, if you don't mind, what are some of your values, do you think, from, from just this, this chat here? What, do you, what are a few that stand out to you besides authenticity? You can't use that. My values? Yeah, you. Outside of authenticity, I think... Oh, gosh. Um, I want to be somebody who... I want to be somebody that I wasn't expecting to be interviewed on my own podcast. Um, <laughs> this is really cool. Um, I, no, I, I, uh, I think, I think compassion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, compassion. Um, so, and alongside that, solidarity. You know, one of the things that I really try to be intentional about on social media is solidar- being being a voice of solidarity. So whenever I see people, I. I've, I've even I, I know remotely like just even people I don't really know, but who are going through some kind of struggle, especially something that I've myself have struggled with. I always yeah. kind of try and with just tweet them a message or 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 a comment or something, just saying like you're not alone, um, standing with you, solidarity. You know like um, I'm you know I've been there, I've I've experienced this too. Um, that kind of thing, just so that people know they're not alone. And I've actually built up friendships that way, which is really amazing, really. Like other people who've been through grief, you know, just by being being a voice of solidarity, you end up making connections. And um, and that's, that's an important value for me. And look at what you mentioned earlier about your, your new group for this podcast, Solidarity. Yeah. And I think that is a great way to encourage and help and support others who are struggling with grief. Some people aren't going to be able to approach the difficult conversations, ideas, experiences. They have to wait. That's okay. It's all it's all part of the process. I mean, honestly, even today, James, I'm I'm feeling it a little bit in talking to you about this topic, but a friend of mine died like a year ago. And it was a really sad you know, it was some health issues and, and a lot of uh, substance abuse. And, and I'm, I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, it's like, I never really processed this. I haven't fully, I've started, I've scratched the surface, mm. but I never really processed this. And that's where I think having the group, having someone to talk to like this, where, you know, you can interact and kind of just get it out. And maybe it's on the page, maybe it's verbally, maybe it's both. Um, it's powerful once you start, you know, making decisions based on your values. And that's what you're doing, James. And it's inspiring me. I'm like, I'm getting kind of fired up here. And it's, uh, you know, it's afternoon on a Friday. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm getting fired up here. I need to get to work here pretty soon. Cause yeah, I, 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 I love I love doing that for other people. because, And one of the reasons I know, one of the reasons I do it is because I know when I went through difficult stuff, I valued that. That, that it, it just it just when somebody comes to you and says doesn't try to fix the problem because we can't fix the problem. If somebody has lost a partner or a, a child, you can't fix that. 
you can't yeah. solve that problem and yeah. all you can do is stand with them and say like you know i am with you i'm thinking yeah. of you you are not yeah. alone um i'm here like that's it that means so much when people say that um and yeah i try to do even if i'm going through a difficult time sometimes i might be, i might be in a complete mess but when i do that it actually helps me as well it's like therapy yeah. it's like okay i get somebody else is going through a difficult time i get to support them and that's that's so when you just like you say like we were talking about earlier when you open the door at the coffee shop like when you those, all of that is just yeah. it yeah. just makes such a difference and it doesn't take much to do it it and, doesn't yeah it's, that intentionality the first time you do it it's a little awkward sometimes you know but once once things become a something you do all the time you know saying please and thank you you'd be surprised um, <laughs> depending on the situation, though, right? Um, little things like that can make a huge difference. And I think that's what we're all wanting. Mm. We're wanting to be, you know, a part of a bigger story. Most of us know it's like, okay, we're all, we're all in this together. You know, we, we are united in a lot of ways. We can kind of help each other or we can kind of, you know, make it more difficult <laughs> I'll put it that way yeah yeah I mean this, this conversation has been really encouraging actually because it you know and I think encouragement yeah. is definitely one of your key values James and that's I mean I, a lot of the same ones for me but uh, these all are connected to story and that's why I'm just such a huge fan of story but remember stories are full of conflict yeah, you can't have a good story. Yeah, you can't have a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have a good story without conflict. Like, have you ever seen a story which a story which no conflict is boring? It's yeah. just boring. Like, you go and watch a film and there's no conflict in the story. It's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm switching off completely. Like, it's just like it's boring. Like, like I love what Rob Bell says. Like, the stories where everyone wins and everything goes well and. Uh, everyone get everything get everyone gets everything they want and um, all the doors open and everyone makes loads of money and gets happier ever after and there's no there's no conflict. They're they're the most boring stories in the world. Like nobody's interested in those stories. Yep. <laughs> like the like the best stories all have conflict in them and like and I think if we want to live a great story, like we have to have conflict in our life. Like that's how we grow. Like conflict is how people grow. You won't grow if you don't have conflict in your life. You won't grow. It's just like, and there's a paradox there because you feel like, well, actually, I shouldn't have any conflict in my life, and that's what a great life should be. But actually, you won't get to be your best self unless you grow, and then you won't grow unless you have conflict in some area of your life in a healthy way. Agreed. And change hurts. Man, change is hard. It is. It's like you get used to something a certain way and you get into a routine and you get comfortable and then something just comes in and you're like, nope, not like that at all. And you're just like, oh no, oh no, I want it like it was before. Once, Even if you weren't happy then, it was at least comfortable. And you're like, no, I just want to, I just want to know what to expect. But I, I think once we start really dealing with all this crazy uncertainty it brings me back to more connection for me. Cause yeah. it's like all this crazy uncertainty, 
man, we better, we, we need to be, you know, clinging to each other a whole lot more and supporting each other and encouraging each other a whole lot more, not being so de- divisive over everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't tell you, James, how many times I delete comments. <laughs> like, I'm ready to slam someone on YouTube in a comment or, or slam someone on Facebook or, or reply to a tweet. I always stop myself now. I'm like, am I being helpful or am I being hurtful? Or You know, I, I always ask myself now, like, where is the win? Is there even any win? Like, what am I doing? Am I putting gasoline on a fire or what, you know? And it's crazy to think, James, in the context of, you know, of, of, a, of an afternoon and a moment. One minute I can be helping, you know, helping someone with the door, opening the door for them, and the next minute I can be typing a tweet that's going to do nothing but tear someone else down. Like, it could happen within, like, you know, in 20 seconds. Like, this happened and then that happened. And it just—it's making me become more aware and more intentional, and uh, you know, a little more hesitant to push push the publish button on something that, you know, yeah, you might say it to a friend in, like, if you and I were joking with each other, but it's going to be clear it's a joke online. Not so clear when it's just text at all. I mean, there's no voice, there's no tone, there's no body language at all. It's just a one little line that could be misinterpreted probably or you know you might not have the relationship to joke with someone right yeah that's right yeah (laughs) i'm chuckling because i think of me and you i with movies you and i could totally be complete ends of the spectrum or whatever you know and yeah i it's, it's laughable. It's like, it's just a movie. There are how many movies out there? Why worry about whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Absolutely right. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. So many people have different opinions on... It's okay to have a different opinion on something. Like... Right. On social media, you would, you would, you would, you would think that you're only allowed to have one opinion. And if, right. uh, like, if you have a different opinion to the, the opinion that everyone's meant to have... Then you're like, oh no, you're you're like, you're evil. It's so like dualistic, you know. There's no nuance and like there's little room for nuance and hearing different. And this is it. We go back to story again. Listening to people's stories because when you understand people's stories, you understand why they have their opinions. And yes. it's and it and it's much I less. Have that perspective, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. and it's not and it's not it's not so black and white then, which yeah. means it's much more difficult. Like I. Like I said this before, when I when Donald Trump got elected, like I literally made a point of going to people who voted for him that I knew and asking them why, and just asking them to say, just wanting to listen to their stories because right. because I wanted to understand. I didn't just want to make a snap judgment because I knew these people were good people. I knew these people were kind and loving and generous people, and so like what? So I wanted to just know, and I didn't want to just make some kind of snap judgment. Like oh you voted this so therefore you're this because I think that's I didn't right. think that was I don't think that was correct anyway I didn't I don't think it was right so I wanted and it was really interesting and it was like okay I don't agree with you but I understand why I get where you're coming from I get your story I I can understand why somebody with your story would 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 do that and yeah. and then so you can then you still have a healthy relationship with these people 
even though you fundamentally yeah. disagree with something that they've done or something that they believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I couldn't agree more, James. And that's one thing I'm really wanting to focus on more is story listening. Not being a, a person with a microphone all the time, being this storyteller. I can never be a good storyteller unless I'm also a good listener. You know, story listening is, is something we all need to get better at. It's like, it's not a one-way street. It's a conversation. You know, it's communication. Otherwise, it's, it's one person having like a, a big, loud bullhorn and just screaming. That's not communication either. Nothing, nothing ever changes. Nothing's going to get better if it's one loud voice screaming toward a sea of people. Um, but if we listen and we connect, we can change things. We can actually, you know, grow together, even if we have opposite opinions. You, I, there's always some form of, you know, middle ground. There's always something we can do, especially when you throw some creativity in there. You can make things work out. Yeah. Once you, once you have the right attitude. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could talk about this forever. Like, honestly. <laughs> We could do a regular show, literally, on story and our culture and everything. Like, yeah, that would be fun, actually. Um, I would have to watch my P's and Q's with you, though, because of Star Wars. That's where I would get very adamant. <laughs> oh, yeah, we disagree on The Last Jedi, and we always will, I think. <laughs> uh, and it's going to get worse because the new one's coming out, and then that's going to... I just watched the... Uh, part of the original trilogy even last night and I'm like yeah <laughs> I've got my ideas about like I've got an idea of something that's going to happen in this new movie that um, is going to kind of that some people are going to go like it's going to be like heresy I've got a, I just I'm not going to say it because well actually by the time people listen to this it may have come out so people will know but it would be funny if I did say it but but yeah I've got a feeling that something's going to happen like that in the new movie um Oh, yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Funny thing, James, you'll, you'll, this, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. I have a free movie ticket, but I'm not using it. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, that's okay. <laughs> I've got my ticket for it already. I'm already, yeah, excited to see it. So, um, <laughs> I will have seen it by the time this comes out. So, this will be interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so much for having me on though james i really appreciate it it's such a great refreshing conversation um it's amazing the scope of things we were able to cover here and i know you like me uh flipping the question back at you there that was pretty good that's always fun i love it when people do that i love it because i don't get the, i don't i don't get interviewed that often so it's uh, it's nice to be the on the opposite end of it um and yeah obviously you'll be back sometime we'll have you back on the show again because um i'll have a finished book by then too james that's the key for me you know just you know it's gonna be scary it's going to we has to be otherwise we're not doing it right but you can also Look, view it as a lot of fun too. It's kind of I, I look at yeah. it more like a roller coaster now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's a fair analogy, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just a, just a reminder to everybody um, as well. And we've touched on why this is important actually today. And um, this new Facebook community—it's called Poma Podcast. Um, continue the conversation. Continuing the conversation. Um, 
yeah and i'm yeah i'd love to see you there because that's what i want to do in that group i want to encourage people to connect to encourage to give solidarity um to ask questions and have healthy discussions and to share their stories and to explore what we talk about on this show further and to know that they're not alone i mean that's the really important thing um and so find that on facebook poma podcast continuing the conversation it's a it's a facebook.com slash groups slash poma podcast um i would love to see you there genuinely i really want this to be a really great space for people and a sacred kind of safe space for people and uh yeah and i'll be talking about this a lot more so yeah thanks uh, jim for coming on the show it's always a pleasure um and yeah thanks everyone for listening and hopefully i'll see you in the facebook group and uh and also next week's episode